This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Good morning. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Weebun. Earlier this year, the credit reporting agency CITOS, in collaboration with Monash University Malaysia's School of Business, conducted a study looking into the state of the consumer credit in Malaysia for 2022. The study found that the average credit score of Malaysian consumers stood at 678 points in 2022, an improvement from the national average of 675 in 2021 and 663 points in 2020. Now, while most Malaysians will be able to qualify for a wide range of credit products, they may not be getting the best deals on the market. So to run through some of the key highlights of the study and what it means for us, uh, we have here today with us uh, Eric Hamburger, the Group CEO of CITOS, and Professor Dr. Nafis Alam, Head of School of Business at Monash University, Malaysia. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having Good us. Good morning, Sam. Okay, so let's start off first, maybe um, just as a broad 101, and Eric, you can take this since this is primarily what your company does, right? Credit score 101, what is it and why is it important for individuals to know about their credit scores? It's uh, extremely important. The The credit score is um, a rating that is uh, built um, to define the relative risk and um, the confidence that a financial institution would have on the individual's capacity to repay uh, a loan provided. So it's a, it's a three-digit number. It goes up to 850 uh, points, and it, it's a summary of all the variables that uh, define that risk of an individual. So, for example, um, you know, 45% of that is, comp- is composed of uh, payment history. Um, the total amount that the individual owes uh, to any financial institution, the uh, credit history length, the uh, credit mix, so what types of credit, is it credit card, auto loans, home loans, and then finally the number of uh, new credit applications uh, an individual has, uh, has been uh, receiving. And, and this combines into a score which evolves over time based on the behavior of that individual. So how does it help them in terms of financing and their own personal finance to know what their credit score is then? Yeah, so maybe uh, let let me take a step back, right? Before there was credit rating agencies like CITOS in any any country uh, or in Malaysia for this case, there was no way for a financial institution to know if an individual was credit worthy, if if there was risk in lending uh, him or her money. And uh, the only uh, criteria used was your assets. So if you had an asset, then it was less riskier to lend you money. Um, What credit ratings uh, agencies do is they build that credit history and and you build your reputation, your credit reputation. So it doesn't, you don't need to have assets to have access to credit because now you have a history which CITOS has um, accumulated over time. And this gives the uh, lenders a, a good idea of how much credit worthiness you have. And so the better your score, the better access you're going to have to credit because it, seen, it, it tells the uh, lenders that you have less risk and that you're going to repay your debt. So it gives you access to credit. It gives you access to better rates. Um, it'll speed up the process of application. It'll give you better um, amount of the loans. Um, so it's, it's absolutely essential for all individuals to know their credit score. 
Okay, so let's dive into this study that you've done. Um, so like I said earlier, credit scores have been improving at a steady rate from to 678, 678 in 2022 from 675 in 2021 and 633 in 2020. Good upward trend, you know, which is interesting because this spanned over the uh, COVID-19 period where many people reported financial troubles, accumulating more debt during the pandemic period. So, Eric, what, what explains this result? So, I think there were, there were several factors. Um, the first, the government did um, provide a good intervention during this uh, process. They, they did um, uh, help with the moratoriums that gave uh, individuals an opportunity to catch up and uh, and weather the storm. If you want, they also provided uh, you know uh, income uh, assistance, employment assistance, um, cash benefits for the M40, the B40s uh, for for households. And so this, in aggregate, helped weather the storm. Now, in in addition to this, I think there's been a uh, a good progression of knowledge of individuals, and they exercise caution during this period of time. Now, it's, it's important also to note that going forward, uh, we still have to be on the look because there's a delay between that uh, moratorium and that uh, behavior to the actual repayment of loans in the coming year. So it depends on how um, uh, we, we continue to see the payments and the, uh, um, the assistance that these individuals have regarding loans. Prof, what about you? Do you have any input? Uh, I think uh, this is on an improving trend and which is healthy for the country as a whole. And especially after coming out of COVID, where there were a lot of challenges that businesses are going bankrupt, individuals losing their job, uh, having a, a good, healthy average score is, is a testament that Malaysians were able to weather the COVID storm as well after the, after the economic crisis and losing jobs and unemployment and so on. But I also want to be cautious here that we still have an opportunity here. Uh, we, we do see that the trends have been improving, as you mentioned, in, uh, as per the scores. But we still haven't reached the optimum level. You know, if I, were, if I am a banker, I would be looking at, or if I am a, a head of the nation, I would be looking at my country, people are in the very good or excellent level. So at the moment, we are still far below even that good level of 697. So I think that uh, there is an opportunity, but uh, given that uh, the, the situation we were earlier, I think that this is a very positive and healthy uh, uh, input for the country. So in the past three years, it went from 663 to 678. So that's like, you know, more than 10 points, I guess. Is this a significant increase? What, what does it tell us? It is quite a significant increase. And again, because you're talking of an average, right, um, it is very uh, important. It gives you, uh, on aggregate, more access to credit. Uh, so a movement of this uh, magnitude is, is absolutely great for Malaysia. I would like to highlight uh, additionally that if you look at the categories of good, very good and excellent, so we're talking of scores that are up above 697, which is the... the Cut line for the green area of the of the score, if you want. Um, Malaysia has about fifty three percent of the population in that category, which is excellent. It's really good that you're getting the best access to credit when you're in that uh, category. Let's talk about. Let's focus on six nine seven first. What exactly is someone with a six nine seven rating like? What what kind of doors does it open? So typically, at this uh, at this rate, banks or financial institutions will open all the doors. Right, that you are you're going to have access to 
the vast majority of the financial products, credit card, all sorts of, of loans. Um, the approval process is most likely going to be very easy. And definitely the rates that you get are going to get better. So if you look at the average uh, credit card uh, interest rate, uh, you, you, they will range from 13 to 17. Um, or, or a consumer loan will, will go from 5 to 12, 13%. That range exists because there is a different risk between the consumer. So you're probably going to get better access to a lower rate. Uh, so it, is, it, it makes a huge difference if you take control of your credit and manage, manage it effectively. So, Prof, when you first embarked on this study, did you expect to see these results? The fact that in Malaysia, more than 50% of us uh, have a good credit rating, albeit that the average is still somewhat fair. Definitely, because this, my background is finance and I look more on the on the healthy financial system as, as well as financial stability. Uh, Malaysia has not gone through that challenges uh, even after the... Asian crisis of the 1998, even the GFC when it happened in 2008, Malaysia was not that much impacted. Definitely there was spillover impact which every economy went through. Uh, but looking at the overall uh, view of the country, stability, financial stability, this was never a doubt. But at least by doing this study, we were able to uh, confirm that uh, uh, confidence in the system. I just want to uh, pick up on what Eric was mentioning earlier. To just to explain in simple layman's term from educational perspective, if you are getting a admission into a, a university such as Monash, a top-ranked university, we looked at the entry requirement, right? So a student walking in with a very high grades, all straight A's, we will be able to provide them scholarship. We will be able to give them discounts or we will be valuing them as a good student. The same goes to a good credit rating individuals. So in fact, you are having more bargaining power when you're going to a bank and you will be able to add value to say that, you know, why I should be getting a higher interest rate or why I should be getting a lower quantum of uh, financing value because I have a very good uh, rating score. Okay, so then what, what kind of student is Malaysia with a 678 score? You know, Eric, what- uh, you uh, in general might have uh, good access to credit overall uh, at, at uh, 678, uh, but it is a fair score meaning uh, to really have full access, you would need to be in the good category, which is above 697. Not that far away, mm -hmm. uh, but definitely something that needs to be improved. Now, again, when you break it down, there's a big population that is above the, uh, the, the mark for good average, so that, that's great. I think the important uh, part is to improve the remaining 40, uh, 47%, which is below the fair or below. Yep. And we'll get to that uh, shortly uh, after the break. We're going to go for a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Sense, brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon and today's topic is the Malaysian consumer credit landscape. This comes off the back of a study by credit reporting agency CETOS in collaboration with Monash University Malaysia's School of Business. Joining me to discuss this is Eric Hamburger, Group CEO of CETOS and Professor Dr. Nafis Alam, the Head of School of Business at 
partner Monash University Malaysia. Earlier in the show, we were just going through some of the key highlights of the study. What does it mean? Uh, how did how has the trend? What does the trend show us? Uh, and we were talking about the different type of scoring at six, nine, seven, which is good. What it was like, what kind of person that is, and of course the average six, seven, eight that Malaysia got. But now, I want to talk to you, Eric, about the bunch of consumers that fall below the fair rating, which is also a sizable number. Uh, maybe you could kind of like tell us what you've observed from the study and what does it mean? Yeah, so uh, if you look at the that 47%, which is in the fair and below category, it, it's going to allow you to have access, but with more difficulties. Um, so when you break it out, 18% uh, of the population fair uh, are in the fair category. So you still have access, probably not as good or probably not as easy as uh, somebody that has good or better. So 18% is not bad. But then the other 28, 29% of the population falls under the, the poor or the uh, low. And really, that's a, a critical point because you probably will not have access or you will have access under some conditions that are not really good for you. So interest rates that are higher, uh, having to put in deposits, uh, not being able to access the type of product that you are looking for. Um, or just simply being denied credit. So does this mean you can't get a credit card? It might uh, come up to that. Yes. Okay. And 28% is, is almost, 28, 29 is almost one third of Malaysian, right? How concerning is this, uh, Prof? Uh, I think we also need to put into the context, uh, we have a demographic shift into our B40 and M40 and T20 during the COVID period. And, and this analysis is primarily done from 2021, 2020-2022. So we also need to understand the context here. Uh, they have they have been job losses, lack of availability of funding, for example, and people have fallen into that group. So it will be more difficult for the B40 group to get access to the credit because they have fallen below that uh, target. So we, we cannot generalize. The average is for the whole country, right? But we also need to see that what is the average for different demographics. So if you look into that, uh, the details of that, the B40 group was the one which had the lowest CTOS scores of 675, where the M40 has a 682, which is above the average of the nation, uh, national average. So this is going to be concerning, but I think if there was no COVID, Malaysia would have performed better across all the segment, across all the B40, M40 and T20 group. But because of the COVID, yes, there has been a decline in that. Uh, but I think we can already see a positive sign that the, the industries are flourishing, the investments are coming in and this will help. People are going back to the, to the same. Uh, and I give you a very simple example. Look at the Malaysian Airlines, one of the best quarter uh, for them in the last uh, two, three decades uh, in that sense. So that's a positive sign for the country. So I believe this is a, a, a temporal issue and I'm not worried about it um, as, as a finance uh, person. I will think that when we do this study next time, the overall country average will be much better and it will be improving. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is the utilization and what it tells us, right? So what do you think this study in general tells us about credit card utilization among Malaysian consumers? Sure. I think um, um, credit card is very attractive uh, for, for, um, uh, for the users who are just even venturing out into the job market, who have just got their first job. If you walk across any any malls in, in across uh, Klang Valley, you can see that the financial institutions are happily handing over their credit cards. Even though, and, and and on average, Malaysians will have two to three credit cards uh, in in general. So the utilization is really and it is also easier uh, same to get that uh, 
credit card access in this country. So, but in terms of the utilization, if I look into from the study, we found that uh, the highest uh, users are the B40 group. One of the reason that is because when you're taking credit card, the whole purpose is that you can have delayed uh, delayed uh, payment to your commitments, right? Uh, you can uh, you can pay the minimum minimum amount required by the banks, and you can keep on accumulating the interest, and you can pay at, at the best time. So that is the that is the utilization you can see. People who are in the top group or the medium group, they have a better utilization in the sense because they will be able to they will be able to pay that. A lot of people also don't understand that by missing one particular payment or missing few payments or not paying in full one time or few times, how will it impact the credit score? They believe that by doing the basic minimum payment. I'm still make, maintaining a good credit score, but that's not the case because you also look at the whether you have the capacity to pay in full or not. Uh, we also need to understand what is the quantum of the value of your credit card limit, for example. Uh, people cut across if you are having two or three banks, for example, it can go uh, all the way from three to four thousand per credit card or to, to make it like twelve thousand for a one B forty users. So for one bank, it shows four thousand, but it so overall limit is 12,000, for example. So that increases the utilization. And Malaysia also has a very easy way of looking at 0% easy installments. You can take, uh, you can go on a buying spree. Yes, we as the economy, as a country, we want to incentivize, we want to increase the spending habit of the people, but not at the cost of keep on increasing the value and, and, and having the challenges of meeting their the obligations. Okay. Some would say that utilization rate of credit card to be higher, maybe among the M40 or even the T20, because the quantum or the things that they would spend on would be bigger, right? I don't know. What do you guys have to say about the different levels of credit card credit usage in the different income levels that we have? Uh, Eric, maybe you can start off first. Sure. Uh, when you look at uh, you know the, the best recommendations, you should have a utilization ratio of 30%, right? So if you have a 2,000 uh, ringgit card, you, you should be at about 600. Uh, that, that should be the type of utilization. When you look at our, our study, it shows that B40s are slightly above at 34, and then uh, the, the M40 and the T20 are lower at 24 and 20%, so, so they have a better mix. I think the, uh, uh, this is a, a healthy average, um, and, and of course, on averages, you have people that are high and low above that number. So it, it would be important to understand where you stand as an individual. But um, it, it is not that far off from, from where you should be. Yeah, I think we also need to understand the behavior of the user uh, falling in that group. So why somebody will use credit card and not other form of payment? So there are two aspects of it. One credit card can be used for a, a cashless transaction, ease of use. You just swipe your card and you can pay for it. The other is thing that you you are using credit card because you purposely want to delay your commitment. You are only looking to uh, cover the base minimum uh, and then you want to delay all your commitment for the later period of time. So there are two dif distinct groups. Uh, the reason why uh, B40 would have a high utilization is because of the second reason, because they want to delay the uh, full payment and they, they want to keep on adding to their uh, debt obligation because they do not have the capacity. Whereas the T20 or for in that sense for M40, they are pay paying for the ease of use and they know that by, by virtue of their credit history, they will be able to pay in full. 
So that's why we need to understand. And that's because of the uh, situations in the last three years, especially with the COVID, a lot of people use the credit card is to delay their commitment. At the same time, even taking off other type of debt, which we have not talked about, overdraft or personal financing and so on. This is all to have those meeting up their current need, but delaying their commitment towards a later period of time. At the same time, you know, Bank Negara also released their own financial stability report, which showed that a quarter of household borrowers have a debt to service ratios of over 60% as of December last year, right? You know, I mean, is, is this concerning, especially when the report also showed that outstanding credit card loans also recorded faster growth during the period? I think I'll take that one. It's important, you know, to basically we need to understand in layman's term what is the debt to service issue. How much of your debt commitment against your income? For example, if you are earning 1,000 ringgit, 60% means that 600 ringgit is targeted towards meeting your debt commitment. Lower the value, better financial health for, for the individual because the, the rest of the money will be either used for the savings or maybe used for investment. Uh, 60% is, is, is not a high score. Even the, the numbers tell it's a high score. But if you put into a perspective, even with developed countries like UK or US, which will be in the 70s and 80s, but if you compare also in the region, for example, Thailand, which is having a very high debt-to-service ratio of 88%, close Japan is, for example, 68%, Singapore. Singapore is doing better. They have only 50%, but they're also based on the economic policy or situation in the country. So I think it, if, if you put into perspective, 60% is not bad. But I think if you want to be... A, and feeling or having that confidence that the financial system is very strong and the individuals having no stress meeting their debt commitment anything lower than 50 will be will be will be a good uh, good value for the country you know I would only add a caveat to that uh, I agree with with professor um, but uh, the the caveat is what you're using credit for so credit is good in general terms is very good it gives you access to a house a car a student loan um, to education etc so it's good um, but if your if your utilization and your debt to service ratio is beyond your means, or if it is focused on uh, credit card only spending, then it is going to impact your relative risk, right? And and it's things you shouldn't be shouldn't be doing. So managing this is also important. Sixty percent is good, but it depends on what you're using it for. And again, this is an average. So you have people at eighty percent that are going to be uh, affected in your in their scores. Yeah. So as CETOS, right, moving forward, what would you like to see Malaysians do to improve their scores, to get better, to finally hit that covered at 697 and probably even uh, even higher above? So I think, uh, again, the the most important thing to is to know where you stand. And for all the people who are listening here today, just ask the question, do you know what your score is? Uh, when you go to uh, other countries that have had a longer trajectory of, of credit uh, uh, and financial education, uh, in the U.S., for example, or U.K., people know their credit score more than they know the number, uh, cell phone number of their friends. Um, it's used not only for credit, it's used for insurance, it's used for job applications or rentals. Because um, it's a, a good metric of how risky you are for the people who are providing services. And so en enabling and uh, making sure that you know what it is, is the first step. I'll give you some numbers. 2.6 million uh, Malaysians are registered with CITO. So they have had access. They have checked at some point their score. There are 15 million 
people. So already, I'm, I'm telling you here that there's a significant portion of the population that doesn't know where they stand. So number one, know where you are. And second, uh, once you have identified where you are, set up a plan of what's, what's been wrong. You might not have had much credit, so ensure that you get good and responsible credit. If you have had, you might not know that you had a debt. And you figure out the day you're applying. You, you, they say you have a bad score. Why do I have a bad score? Well, you, you missed a payment and, mm -hmm. and you weren't aware of it. So getting, uh, checking your credit history and uh, looking at your score is important. And don't wait till the moment that you're going to get a, a new loan. Uh, do it today because it's, it's going to take six months at least for you to see that improvement. Prof, why do you think so many Malaysians don't know where they stand or don't have an interest, any, an interest to know where they stand in terms of their credit score as compared to like what Eric just said, like overseas, there are people that, did, you know, they would brag about it if they know their score. Uh, one of the reasons that Malaysians always believe that credit score is needed when you want to go for a loan, you want to borrow and that's one of the requirements for the banks to know what your credit score. You don't care when you are go going for credit card or you're buying other financial things and how do you manage your credit history and so on. So the education is very important. I, I, and I think this report would also be handy because this is one of the first study to look into the national level investigation on that part where people will become more aware how this can be helped. It's also the responsibility of the public sector, the finance ministry, to pe make people educate about it, that why, how it's going to help I will also say that there should be some level of incentivization. You know, banks should come up with some type of incentivization that if you have this type of credit score, make it a general announcement that we will be giving you a more uh, more attractive uh, uh, rates in that sense. Then more and more people will become aware of it. I think the awareness part is missing. Until unless bank require it or you need a loan, you will not go and check on it. It also comes from the from the literacy part. You know, which, which need to be educated much when in advance. You know, we only start talking about financial literacy once we start working or what went in the university and so on. I think we need to now educate kids much earlier about financial literacy, about these ratings and how it is, it is like if I need to tell my child that apart from your grades in your classroom, I also want to know that do you understand how to get a good score in your credit history when you are going to be a responsible citizen or responsible adult in that sense. So awareness, literacy and the incentive of having this score is becoming more important for people to come on board and to start uh, knowing about the score and they should be keeping it uh, handy whenever they want to brag about it. All right. Thank you very much. We've reached the end of our show today. Uh, speaking to me was uh, Eric Hamburger, Group CEO of CITOS and Professor Dr. Nafis Alam. He is the Head of School of Business at Monash University, Malaysia. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Weebun from The Morning Run, BFM. 89.9 Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia your lifetime insurance and takaful partner You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind download the BFM app